As family gets older and they need assistance, where do you turn for help? My guest today helps keep mom and dad at home with care that allows son and daughter to feel at ease. This is YPO 10-Minute Tips from the Top. I'm Kevin Dom, and each week I bring you insights from the world's top executives of YPO, all made possible with grants from Gazelle's Growth Institute, www.growthinstitute.com. YPO member Shelly Sun needed in-home care for her ailing grandmother, but she was terribly dissatisfied with the options available. So she left her job as vice president at a large insurance firm and founded Brightstar Care, providing high-quality in-home care for seniors. Today, Brightstar Care has 335 franchise locations in 38 states and Canada, with over $400 million in system-wide sales. Shelley is the author of the franchise business book, Grow Smart, Risk Less, and appeared on the CBS series Undercover Boss. She was also named the International Franchise Association Entrepreneur of the Year. Forbes named Brightstar Care the number one franchise in investment level. Brightstar was also included on the American Express Top 10 Fastest Growing Women-Led Companies list each year from 2011 to 2015. Shelley, welcome to the show. Thank you. Shelly, was your plan to franchise from the beginning or were was, you looking at, I'm just going to get a business going? And Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I knew that we needed to grow to scale. I'd been earning very lucrative earnings when I was working in corporate America. So one or two locations wouldn't meet that economic desire. But I didn't know if we would raise capital and have multiple of our own locations or license in some way through franchising. So that was 2002 when I started the business. In 2004, I became an investor in two hotels. Both of those hotels were franchise brands. And as a investor, I attended new manager and new owner training. And while I was supposed to be learning more about my investment in the hotels, I sat there the entire time really kind of feeling like this is totally something that I could do to franchise our business. And I came back from that. I was pregnant with twins at the time. Went on bed so you rest. you were franchising your own. <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> went on bed rest and did all the operations manuals and got things ready to franchise since I was laid up, You were so figuring it out by yourself? Did yes. you not bring on any advisors or? I brought on an attorney to help me file the franchise disclosure document once we got ready for that. But that was four months after doing the operations manuals. Had bought the book, Franchising for Dummies. Tried to look at that and see how I could replicate. As funny as it is, one of the co-authors of that book, Michael Side, has since become a very dear friend of mine. But that book was one of the resources I used to help me get educated on what would franchising my own business look like. Did you stumble across the way? Oh, of course, stumbled. <laughs> Hired the wrong attorney, spent too much money, got to the right attorneys, hired the wrong PR firms that weren't focused on franchising, eventually found the right PR firms. I think the biggest thing I learned is if there's an industry association that's active, that is for the business model that you're in, get involved, leverage the suppliers that they are holding out. Interview those are them. the shortcuts. And those are the shortcuts. And it really would have helped me. I got involved in the International Franchise Association about one year after starting my franchise journey. I wish I had started two years earlier. I could have saved a few mistakes, but found it pretty early on in franchising, which is still good. So started the company on stores in 2002, learned about franchise in 2004, filed our first franchise offering in mid-2005, and opened our first franchise location in March of 2006. So, Talk to me about the growth level, going from the first five to the first 50 to 150. 
what were the things you needed to learn along the way? Yeah, I think what I wish I would have known at the beginning was how important having employees that knew how to scale with us and could lead us through some of the journey. I employees wish, in the employees, in the fr- yeah, employees at my franchise headquarters. I wish I had hired people that had worked for systems that had gone from fifty to one hundred and fifty when I had zero and paid more for it, so they could have helped me along that journey. What I found is that I would hire people that were less expensive. And I would be pulling them along as we were trying to grow. Finally, once we were probably 75 to 100 franchisees, I had the money and therefore the capital to where I would hire out ahead of where was my growth going to be two years out and hiring the skills that I would need in two years to help them help me pull me along since I didn't come from franchising. That was something I wish I would have done earlier. How many people do you have to have at the home office in order to support 300? I think most franchisors, they probably have one support person for every 10 to 15 franchisees. We probably have one for every three. My corporate headquarters, about 85 people. I've got about 180 franchisees that represent 335 locations. So we're very heavy touch. Now my franchisees tend to do about three times the volume as other competitors in my space. So the good news is if I invest in them, give them lots of support and have a pretty broad business model that I'm supporting, my franchisees do well. And that's what was important to me. The other thing I wish I would have learned earlier is not everyone's meant to be a franchisee and pressure testing that earlier as to the grit that they have to see through the tough times, making sure that they can manage exempt and non-exempt labor Most of the people that are coming to be a franchisee have been used to managing exempt employees, but most of their workforce are caregivers that'll be non-exempt labor and being able to be empathetic for what that caregiver goes through in her life and being able to create a career path for our caregivers to make it to customer care managers in the office. That's really, really important for them. Yeah, I mean, your particular franchise has stakes to it that a restaurant or a dry cleaner doesn't have. So how can you maintain that level of consistency while at the same time giving them the independence that they're looking for as a franchisee? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we didn't have that from the very beginning. But in 2010, you know, what kept me up at night was exactly this. I felt like I was making the commitment on behalf of the brand to every mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, that we were going to treat their family as though it was our very own. And while I knew I could do that in my company headquarters, how was I going to make sure a particular franchisee was going to do that a thousand miles away? And we could try to select well and train well, but at the end of the day, we weren't there to look over their shoulder and make sure everything was being done. And they're independently (laughs) owned and operated. I mean, the very nature of that, you're hiring entrepreneurs who don't want to fit in that mold of working in a big corporation and then asking them to conform. It's true. It's hard enough to get people who actually do work for a paycheck to conform for many. (laughs) Yeah. And so what we did, and we built this into our initial franchise agreement, is that we were allowed to put any quality or accreditation program in place, and our franchisees would have a requirement to implement it. So in 2010, we aligned with Joint Commission, which is the accrediting, most recognized accrediting organization for hospitals and nursing homes, but only a few Home care companies actually voluntarily go for the standards of joint commission, which is the highest quality. And it is a requirement to be a franchisee. So I know that all of my locations are doing the right things 
They might do some things differently, but in terms of how we take care of a customer, how we provide quality of care, those things have to be done consistently. And Joint Commission is going in and surveying them without notice every two years to make sure they're following the highest standards as a brand, there's 28,000 agencies in the country that do what we do. We are the only brand to receive Joint Commission's Enterprise Champion for Quality. So not only are we volunteering for something that most won't, we operate at the highest standard, the same level as Cleveland Clinic and Mayo. They have the same honor of a designation that we do as Enterprise Champion for Quality. Okay, it's time for the rapid fire questions. You ready, Shelley? Sure. What is your favorite question to ask when you meet someone new? I like to know their passion for why they're doing what they do. Name three of your personal core values. Transparency, perseverance, and accountability. Who has had the greatest impact on you as a leader? I have many mentors and I've had lots of YPOs that I've learned from, but I have a board member that's been on my board of directors for four years, David Barr. He's probably the smartest person that I know, and he challenges me to be a much better CEO every day. What is your favorite business book? Jim Collins, Good to Great. What are you reading right now? Leaders Eat Last. What is the one leadership trait that brings success? Persistence, sticking it out when others maybe don't believe, and having an ability to create a vision for why they should believe. What is the one leadership trait that kills success? A lack of transparency. Name one daily behavior that will help a leader grow. Finding time for a clarity break, spending time working on, not just in the business. And to me, that takes quiet time to really think about where the business can go. So I build time into my calendar for clarity breaks. Name one trait that makes an employee valuable. Being able to mentor and bring out the best in others. What's your strangest daily habit? Think the best and digest information the best when I take a bath. So all of my reading, I take my big stack of magazines, industry journals, and read them in the tub. Clean ideas. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best way to show employees appreciation? Recognize their contributions. Nothing's too small to recognize and do it as publicly as possible. Well, we appreciate your contribution today. Thanks Thank so much you. for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today, and thanks to Gazelle's Growth Institute for underwriting this program. Learn more at growthinstitute.com. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing YPO member Jess Cole, who shares how selling encyclopedias door-to-door -door during the tech boom gave her the toughness for being a successful CEO. I'm Kevin Dom, and you're listening to YPO 10-Minute Tips from the Top. To learn more about YPO, please visit ypo.org.